2: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, August 7th, 2019, and I'm sure that more than a few of you have been surprised by the volatility we've seen here this week. Obviously, there's a lot going on, and you know it should be expected because when you have periods of calm, always followed by periods of volatility, but in this case. You know, once the earnings season was gone and the Fed rate's in there and now they're more bickering about the trade world, you know, with China, you probably should expect more volatility. And it certainly was the case today, but didn't end up very badly. I mean, it was a mixed ending to the day, up and down. So, But it started off pretty heavily down at the opening this morning. Anyways, I'm here. My name is Steve Peasley and I thank you for joining me. And I hope you will also call with all your investing questions, anything financial we'll talk about. And, you know, it's all about you taking charge of your own personal financial well-being. And of course, that means your your goal of financial freedom in retirement, whenever that means and whatever that means. When you retire and what your retirement looks like, it's all all up to you. But to have the freedom of choice, you're going to have to have financial freedom. That means have money. If you want to make a choice of when and what your time is going to look at, you gotta have money to do it. I mean, unless you plan on just working until you die, and you can't do that because statistically, when you reach 65, 70 years old, you're gonna be forced to retire. And you're gonna be forced to live on whatever assets you have. So you you gotta have you gotta have that goal. You gotta figure out what that means, financial freedom to you. And I'm going to do my best to help you get there with answering your questions one step at a time or anytime listener line number is open right now. So I'm taking your calls live. We're always live 4 to 5 uh, Pacific Time, Monday through Friday. And the number is 888-99-CHART. And if you live in New York or the New York area, I am going to be there. We've been telling you, I'll be there in September. I'm coming to Manhattan, September 19th to the 20th. And I think I only have one slot open. I think that's all there is left. And I'll, I'll make a return trip if the demand is there. I will definitely do that. <clears throat> but, you know, if you want to meet with me in September, probably my next date in New York will probably be in November, first part of November. Because I have to go to San Jose in between. So I'm traveling more, more than I really want to. If you want to know the truth, but I'll be there. So, go to investtalk.com. Send me an email and ask me if you want that you want to take a you want a meeting with me. My main talking point today concerns a story about the U.S. being accused by China. Big surprise there. Currence, uh, uh, China, of, uh, the U.S. accused China of currency manipulation, and China's central bank has claimed that this charge has seriously undermined the international financial order. Well, that's not a surprise, right? It's not a surprise on either part, our part or their part, because we're in a you know we're in a trade war with them. So they're going to accuse us. We're going to accuse them. In actuality, they they are manipulating their currency. They've been doing it for years and years and years. You know, everybody knows it. Just no one's really been, you know, bringing it up. But they've been doing it. I mean, they say so. They want to keep their currency in a certain range with our dollar. And they make sure it stays there. How do they do that? Well, they buy dollars or sell dollars. So they do manipulate. But, So do we. (laughs) So does almost all countries. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like, you know, it's a big surprise. It's not. They may be a bit more uh, blatant about it, but we manipulate our currency as well. I've got some interesting things to talk about other than that. I mean, how about uh, bonds versus stocks, the battle for cash between those two assets, Bonds and cash. I want to discuss that a little bit with you. Uh, And Challenger uh, Challenger Gray and Christmas did um, a study about bankruptcies and job cuts in the year to date so far. And I thought that might help round out the great jobs, the great job market we have. Well, not in every sector is not. So we'll talk about that. And... um, you know there's been new research showing that female doctors are more likely than male to go part-time or stop working early. Now they they act like it was a big surprise when they figured out when they found out why that's the case. It makes no sense of why it should be a surprise. But you know doctors become a doctor it takes dedication. I mean it takes a lot of effort. So it's a good place to study. You know, uh, the, the female versus male doctors, do they get equal pay? Do they get, you know, are, are they, do they do the same things? And this study is interesting because, you know, it showed that even though they're very dedicated, and they are, and spent years of schooling, and they do, why are they going part-time or leaving the workforce early? So we'll talk about that. I think that's an interesting, uh, something that we should you know, recognize. That's what I say. The market was mixed. The Dow was down 22. But remember, it was down 300, 500 points this morning. I mean, it was down big initially. The Nasdaq was up 30, and it was down over 100 points at one point. And the S&P was up two. So the market was more on the upside by the end of the day than the downside. But it certainly shows. I mean, Monday we have a huge down day. Uh, yesterday a lot of volatility being down. Um, even last week there was a lot of volatility. Most of it was down. And then today we have down uh, and started off really heavily down, then moved up. Now, do you know why it moved up? Because China manipulating their currency again <laughs> by saying uh, that they're they're reestablishing a range or some soft words like that interesting stuff you're listening to invest talk everybody i'm steve peasley and you and i both know that the, no one can reliably predict the market no one knows where the market's going to go they don't you can tell you you can you can they can say it's overvalued or undervalued or but they don't know for sure they don't know if it's going to go up or down they do know and i know you're going to have volatility up and down and you need to balance your portfolio. But to do that, you have to recognize what it, that it's out of balance. Okay, you have to know what balance means. Be happy to talk about that. Give me a call. We'll talk about it. Okay, we've got Brian in San Francisco on the line. After a break, he'll be uh, up next first. he want to talk about gold stocks? Okay. And now I'm taking your question live. 888-99-CHART.
0: Trading month so far has been volatile. You are working toward financial freedom, and you might want a little help. So Steve Peasley is here, taking your questions now. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART.
2: 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Brian San Francisco. Let's to talk about gold stocks. How are you doing, Brian?
3: I'm good. How are you?
2: I'm um, good. Thank you.
3: So, uh, I currently don't have any precious metals in my portfolio, um, and with the procession with the potentially coming in the future, um, I, I kind of want to add some, um, but I don't know if I should go into an ETF, or um, if there's a specific stock that you think is doing well, or if I'm too late in the game, so I just wanted to get some advice on that.
2: Well, you are late. Um, um, have you been listening to the show very often, or very long?
3: Yeah, so uh, I've been listening for about the past month and a half, um, and I missed oh, okay. your uh, Friday show, and I really should have listened in on Friday, and then I would have bought it then. I mean, yeah. um, I've been thinking about gold, yeah, but it, I don't know, maybe it's just like my age group. I just don't find, I don't know, I don't think gold is that, I don't find it that valuable personally, so that's probably why I've been I
2: don't like, like it, it either. <laughs> Brian, I don't like it either. Oh, Trust me, I'm not a gold bug. I am i am a person that, you know, I, I never have liked gold, but... Almost all this year, I've been recommending people getting gold as a hedge, and it's probably going to work this year. But I don't like gold. I, you know, I'm not going to be a a holder of gold. I'm not a long-term holder of gold. But I got, I got a number of gold positions simply because I wanted to take advantage, and it's worked because I felt that the market was overvalued, and gold, you know, holds up pretty well. And surprisingly, the dollar's gotten stronger. When the dollar gets stronger, usually gold does not go up. And when inflation happens, gold usually goes up. But we don't have any inflation, but gold is going up. So the third thing is fear, right? That's the only thing. Those are the three things that drive gold. So it's been fear. It's fear driving it now. So, you could hedge your portfolio, probably I would suggest an ETF, probably the Gold Miners Index, which is one of them is simple as GDX, but there's several of them. Um, um, I'm not recommending you buy it or not buy it, but I'm saying that if you want to hedge your portfolio using gold, you know, you can do that. And I think gold still has a ways to go. I I think it's just a good thing to have. For most of this year, I think it's going to do pretty well. There'll be times when it's not. I mean, back in April, May, it went kind of sideways, you know, so it didn't do well for a good almost two months. But now it's been shooting up, and I'm a little concerned you might be a little bit late, Brian, but it's still a good hedge, okay? And I would use it. Brian, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. John Santa Cruz, he wants to talk about a silver company. How are you doing, John?
1: Good, thanks, Steve. Um, I'm good. How are
2: you? I'm good, thank you very much.
1: Good. Um, yes, I. Uh, I've been. Uh, I've invested in gold. Luckily, you know, a while back, but uh, I don't own any silver. And I was looking at some silver, some pure silver stocks. There aren't too many. Uh-huh. I was looking at. Uh, first majestic silver and wondered what you thought
2: okay that's a company a mining company everybody it's out of uh, canada canadian company engaged in the mining and acquisition of silver properties in mexico okay so it buys it's even though it's out of canada it buys mining properties or mines in mexico it's a value of 2.1 billion dollar company that's its size so it's a small cap but decent small size small cap um it it's very erratic in its earnings his historical earnings and so john you, you can't buy this company with the thought that well it'll be good for the next 10 years or 15 years because they're so erratic i mean one year they'll have great earnings, The next year they'll have losses. You know, in the last ten years, let's see, uh, two, three, one, they have four years of losses and five years of gains of earnings per share. So, so it's kind of that way. Now, it probably is going to have a, it will have a positive earnings th- this next year, and it looks like it might be negative this year. So, two thousand twenty, they'll have earnings, and so. It's, it's a play on whether you think silver is going to go up or not, and it probably will. it probably go up along with gold. I think it will. Silver has a lot more uses than gold, so, so it probably will do okay for the next year. But as a long-term hold, yeah, it's not the strongest mining company out there. It's pretty small. John, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. That was A-G as the symbol. First Majestic Silver, A-G. Okay, um, Okay. so there's, we all know that the bickering between the U.S. and China about trade, right? United States, uh, the United States disregards the facts and unreasonably affixes China with a label of currency manipulator. That's according to the Chinese official, official bank. And then the U.S. Treasury, you know, they said that they are a manipulator. And then China manipulates their currency this week. So are they or aren't they? You know that's the that's going to be our main talking point. I'll get into it in a little bit more detail after the break. You listen to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we rep, and we present we present this program with five new shows every week, Monday through Friday, and broadcast and streamed live four to five Pacific time. And of course, you can po, you know we podcast it. You can download the podcast, subscribe and rate us. You can use iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play to do it. And we love that we love that you would, and make sure you tell your friends. And now I'm taking your questions live, 99 chart.
0: This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener, you may even have called a few times, but if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART.
2: So I think it's kind of humorous, actually, about uh, China uh, saying that uh, that the United States is accused of, uh, of um, the currency manipulation falsely or wrongly, when at the same time this week they manipulated the currency twice. Yeah. So I find it kind of interesting. Um, and I don't understand why it's even a, a even a, a, a surprise to any, either side. Now, Trump wants to accuse wants to accuse him of manipulating currency because we're in a trade war. He's in a trade war with China. Simple as that. And you know, both sides don't think China doesn't know what it's doing though. Both sides are playing hardball here. And the the it's a pretty um, that this hardball could throw us into recession that is possible remember our economy is driven by our consumers and if the consumers get frightened and stop spending that's what drives us into, into a a recession this trade war in and of itself wouldn't do it wouldn't, wouldn't that would not affect our economy uh, enough to throw us into a recession it would not it's it's if it if it overlaps into the consumer psyche and they decide to close up their wallets, that could throw us in a recession. So you know, yeah, both sides are trying to use anything in it at their disposal to accuse the other side to get an upper hand, and it should be obvious to anybody that it's high stakes poker going on here. That's what it is. As simple as that. Now, it also should be clear to you that Trump would want a deal before his re-election. He will want a deal. China knows that. They know that they want that. At the same time, China is suffering a lot more than the U.S. about uh, over this this trade war. Their economy is taking a lot bigger hit than we are because our economy is not export-led. Export it's led by the consumer. Their economy, you know, they're trying to get the uh, move to more consumerism, and they've been pretty successful. But they still rely heavily on trade, so it hurts them a lot more than it hurts us. So you got those two competing sides of the issue. Who's going to win? The, the The winner will be everybody else if these two sides can come to an agreement. That that no one needs to be an out-and-out out winner. I'm hoping that neither side thinks in the terms of black and white, winner versus loser. How about just a negotiated ceasefire? That's what we all should be thinking of. Some of the news items out today. Well, did you see what gold did? Gold went over above $1,500 an ounce. And it was at, uh, let's see, there was a... a Fifteen hundred dollars an ounce for the first time since two thousand thirteen. Pretty good, huh? The national average of gasoline prices two dollars sixty nine cents. You know I hate seeing that number because I live in California and I'm paying four dollars a gallon. Yeah, maybe three eighty five, three ninety five, but if you're getting premium, it's over four. So our average is way in the high three somewhere, a dollar more at least than anybody else. A price of barrel oil is fifty dollars a barrel, and it's because of worldwide fear of recession. And remember that's what's driving gold prices up. Fear out there. So, uh, even though even though Iran is threatened the quote unquote mother of all wars. I love when these puny Middle Eastern countries <laughs> remember that was the same thing Iraq said when Saddam Hussein was in charge. So, the mother of all wars. <laughs> Yeah, right. They don't understand. I don't know if they just want to play ignorant or they are ignorant. That, you know, as how weak they are compared to our military strength. You know, if there was going to be a war, they would totally lose. I mean, even if it was just us. But, you know, with them taking uh, tankers from other countries like Britain and France, you know, you... you, you, (laughs) In the straight of her moves, you—they're—they're they're getting everybody, everybody against them, and they're gonna—they're threatening us with the mother of all wars. See, it's not rational. It's just not rational. Anyways, uh, those were the big news items out today. What do you guys want to talk about? Eight 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 ninety nine charters our number. Eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. That's our number. We're live four to five Pacific time, Monday through Friday. So love to talk to you. Uh, we're approaching a break, so I only have a couple more minutes left. The ten-year Treasury yield fluctuated today. Uh, it was got as low as 1.59 percent, the lowest since 2016. For and you know, so remember the two-year and the ten-year. The two-year is yielding more than that. The last time that tenure got this low or lower was back in 2008. It was 1.37%. But 10 years. Ten, but you know what? It's better than other countries. <laughs> I mean, there's some you know, negative rates. We're positive rates. Ours look very, our, our treasuries look very attractive to everybody else. Anyways. Tomorrow on InvestDoc, the, the amount of global debt with negative yields has ballooned to $15 trillion. See? Talk about that. And I have a quiz question for you. We are seeing a good deal of market volatility, right? But measured by the S&P 500 Index, what is the average annual rate of return over time? And not a lot of people have guesses, but what is it really? I'll have the answer next. But for now, I'm Steve and I'm going to take your questions at 888-99-CHART.
3: To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call Invest Talk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? Y-Charts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable.
2: YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every
3: day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and
2: more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YChart has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal.
3: And now our listeners can try YCharts for free.
0: You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that Charts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So, here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious. Get Y charts. This is Invest Talk, and we are all watching the markets go up, then down. So now, more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. Steve Peasley is here taking your questions live. Call
2: 888 99Chart. 888-992-4278. Okay, before the break, I asked a question, and what it what well, the question was, what kind of returns the, uh, the, does the S and P provide? Annual rate of return over time. What does the S P five hundred index return over time? Okay, the so the S P five hundred index, uh, you know, it's five hundred largest publicly traded companies, right? Uh, it's considered the benchmark measure for all for the annual returns of the whole market. It represents about 80% of the market, whereas the Dow 30 only represents about 20% of the market. So the answer is uh, measured by the S&P 500 index, stocks return average is about 10% over time. Now, you got to take away 2%, 3% of that for inflation. So your inflation adjusted return is 7 to 8%. Of that seven to eight percent, do you know how much is from dividends? Two to three percent of that is from dividends. So you can see now you're down to five percent if you don't have dividends. So you can see how important dividends are are, are responsible for the return of that ten percent, not you know, if you disregard inflation. So it's very important that you understand that this is uh, this is how the market returns money to you. Not only does the prices go up, but they pay a dividend. So if you just focused on dividend-paying stocks, you would actually do better than the overall market because the S&P 500 is full of companies that pay no dividends. None whatsoever. So you would actually probably outperform it if you just and there are ETFs I believe that just have the s 500 dividend payers so you know you can do that but you also got to have a long term perspective because from year to year to year stock market you know can go up or down you know it doesn't it doesn't always go up as we all know we have been spoiled because from 2009 to the date it's been pretty much an upward slant to the market with only a few bounces down. So be very careful here. But, I'm, you know, that is the, the facts. Let's go to Mark in Philadelphia. How do you doing, Mark? Mark, you there? Want to talk about Chesapeake Energy? Mark? I guess we lost Mark. He wanted to talk about Chesapeake Energy. The symbol is a CHK, everybody. Engage in exploration, production. Okay, okay. Um, you know, so Chesapeake is uh, a natural gas and, and production of natural gas and crude oil property. Anyway, let's go ahead and go to Jeff in Kentucky. How you doing, Jeff?
3: I'm doing well, Steve. How are you?
2: Thanks for the call. Thanks. Um, yeah, so in my... Late 20s. Um, you know, I've been a okay. passive index investor since I would say 16, 17. So I'm your typical VTSAX,
3: guy, uh, VOO. But, uh, you know, obviously, okay. you know, the last 10 years we've been on a crazy bull run. Um, and I'm not really yes. concerned, you know, I have a long term view, but, you know, if, would you back or do you have a lot of confidence in if someone took a portion? Just a you know maybe ten percent, maybe even fifteen percent, and invested uh, to buy the IAU uh, ETF, which is the iShares Gold Trust. Um, regarding you know the elements of, of what's going on now in the financial climate.
2: Well, that would be a uh, a defensive move uh uh, jeff you know so iau is uh, iShares gold trust etf seeking performance corresponding to the day-to-day movement of the price of gold bullion and it would probably be a good defensive move into the end of the year but i don't think it would be a a very good long-term move Um, i just don't think gold is a very good asset to own long term it, it You know, it's, it has periods of, I mean, it has years, Jeff, uh, Jeff, where it does work quite well. But then there's periods of, you know, years where it does not, just as it languishes. Um, so, um, if you're passive and you want to protect against some of the volatility, it, this IAU Gold Trust would help do that. Okay, it would. But at some point, you got to decide when to get out of it, too. Okay. Jeff, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. You can listen to the show. I'll tell you when I think it's time to get out of gold. I will. Let's go to back to Mark in Philadelphia. Are there, Mark?
3: Hey, Steve. How are you?
2: Good. Thanks for, thanks you for the call. Right? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah,
3: sorry about that. Uh, I guess the call got dropped. Uh, I was just inquiring about Chesapeake Energy, CHK. I know it's, uh, it's a high-risk stock, a lot of debt. They have a great P-E ratio, and... You know, to the, the, the talk been through tough times before, and I just wanted to look at it as a risky play and uh, just see what your thoughts were.
2: Okay, uh, this is a pretty risky play. It's a $2.2 billion company. It's not going to make money this year. It's going to lose 13 cents this year. Made 20 cents a share last year, 79 cents a share of the year before, and it's going to lose 13 cents. Because the world economy is slowing, therefore, the demand for natural gas and oil and all that is probably going down. Uh, so, and that's what they do their exploration of natural gas and crude oil properties in the United States. Um, I think you might want to hold off simply because the rest of the world is getting weaker, not stronger, and I, you know these. This is not the point of the economic cycle that you want to buy these kinds of stock, even though it looks cheap. You know, it looks cheap to you because if you're looking at last year's, it's a dollar thirty-nine stock and they made twenty cents last year. Well, gee, you know that's what eight P E or so. You know, uh, you know. It's, it's, seven p e okay well that looks cheap but look at next year's they make no earnings so this year they're not going to make any earnings so therefore it looks expensive even though it's a dollar 39 stock i just think you're you're you want to wait till the cycle you got to wait till the cycle uh, economic cycle is at least neutral and right now the world economic cycle is negative where they're starting to fall so don't not yet Keep it on your list, but not yet. And if you if it's it's very speculative. I wouldn't buy it, but if you want to roll the dice with it, you can't. But I still think you're early. Okay, let's go to Chris in Walnut Creek. How you doing, Chris?
3: I'm good. How are you doing, Steve?
2: I'm good. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it.
3: Uh, just wanna say thank you for the show. Really appreciate it. Um what do you think of Netflix at this time? They've been going down,
2: but I don't know if I should get in or maybe just wait. I don't know. What do you think? I think you need to wait. You need to wait. Uh, did, did you listen to the show yesterday when we were talking about Disney and its new offering, of a streaming offering? and See, what's happening is Netflix I had it that. all to itself. for? Yeah. So Netflix has had it all to itself for years, right? I mean, the streaming. And it's done great. It really is. It's a great company. There's nothing wrong with it at all. But because it had it all to itself, it had super high growth, and that growth is starting to slow a little bit. Earnings are still doing well, but you know, they're gonna make five dollars and sixty-seven cents next year, and it's a three hundred and forty dollar stock. So you're looking at a PE ratio of you know forty or fifty, and you know, competition is coming to them. Disney is offering its you know, it's it's Hulu, ESPN, and Disney, uh, Disney, uh, all Disney uh, uh, movies and things at the same price Netflix is, and Disney has taken away Net, uh, all their showings and with Netflix, there's no more. Netflix will not show anything Disney anymore, and then you got a couple of other competitors coming in. So I think you got to let. Netflix settled down. I think it's got more on the downside to come. The company's great. I still think they'll still be in there. They'll still be the leader for many years. But they have a tr- because they've done so well, they've attracted a lot of big heavyweight competitors. Remember, Netflix hardly makes any content. Disney makes tons of content to show on their site. So it, it's going to be a tough, tough uh A tough road here for a non don't don't fall in love with Netflix. Don't. You know, even though it's it's a very good company. Chris, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. I'm Steve Peasley and you're listening to Invest Talk. So obviously you understand the importance of unbiased guidance and experienced market and and you know we I've been around a long time. Right, so I encourage you to consider subscribing to my KPP Premium Newsletter if you want really good analysis. If you do want it, and it's come out every Friday, every Friday. In the newsletter, you get valuable information. I give mark analysis, portfolio management guidance, stock ideas, and I always have some kind of uh, uh, something about you know consumers and what's going on with consumers in some way. We call it Consumer Watch. Those are the four sections I have, which is Market Analysis, Portfolio Management, Stock Ideas, and Consumer Watch. Anyways, remember, KPP, News, PP, KPP Premium News comes out every Friday. If you want to subscribe to it, you go to investtalk.com. Investtalk.com with two Ts, no space. And now I'm ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHART.
0: This is Invest Talk. We have a few important dates for serious investors. Steve Peasley is returning to San Jose on August 29th to meet one on one with listeners who understand how they can benefit from Steve's no cost portfolio review consultations. Appointments are limited, so register now. And please tell your friends and family members who live in the New York area that Steve is coming to Manhattan for two days on September 19th and 20th. Learn more and register now at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin are always happy to answer your questions. 888-99-CHART.
2: 888-992-4278. Okay, the stock market it basically is a place that competes. The different asset classes compete for the dollars of the stock market. And the basic two components of the, comp- the competition are bonds and stocks. So bonds are competing to attract cash, and so are stocks. So those two asset classes are looking for cash all the time. And when I say they compete with each other, you as an individual investor says, okay, you say to yourself, do I do I want to take the risk in stocks for the better returns or do I want the safety of bonds for the safer returns, even though it'll be less? So obviously, if bonds paid higher and higher and higher bond yields, more money would be attracted to them because people want the safety and they want the higher yield. Uh, the opposite is if stocks you know, are in a growth mode and the economy is growing, earnings are growing, you know, then it's less risky to buy those stocks. But once you push a lot of money into the stocks and they've gone up really high, which they have you know, over the last number of years, then bonds look a little bit better. But now you have bonds reducing their bond yields So, do you still want to keep buying bonds? You see how that competition happens? I'm giving you both sides, you know, of how this works. So, if the Federal Reserve is cutting rates, that makes the demand for our bonds less, right? Less, because you get less yield. However, if you live in a foreign country like Europe or Japan or New Zealand or Australia, and they have negative rates on their U.S., their I mean, on their governmental bond bonds. In other words, they have to pay the government to buy the bonds. Doesn't our bonds who pay 1%, 2% look a lot more attractive? So that attracts bonds. That attracts money into the bond, bond from those people, you know, those foreign countries. And so we're seeing money come into our economy from them. And that, you know, that's really very good. I mean, today, rates were cut. India cut rates. Uh, New Zealand cut rates. Interest rates I'm talking about. So all over the world, rates are being cut. So so um, this is one of the reasons why President Trump is kind of whining about our Federal Reserve. You know, usually presidents don't talk about what the Federal Reserve does. But, of course, you know this, this president is very different from other presidents. So he's whining that, you know, the Federal Reserve is not cutting fast enough to keep up with the competition, right? Now, I asked a question we were talking about earlier about China manipulating their, their currency. Can you say that India and New Zealand, when they're cutting rates, and Japan, when they're cutting rates, are they manipulating their currencies? You could say that. Could you not? See, everybody does it. Everybody does. it. It's just how much, how blatant, and should they be doing it or should not be doing. Yeah. You know, so it's 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 just the way of the world. Everybody, pals. We better get used to it. Okay. Amazon recently announced a delivery service program to help third-party business create their own ground delivery networks. Amazon's to them. Now FedEx doesn't really appreciate. It, they're reacting, of course. Uh, first, in June, remember, in June, FedEx ended its express contract with Amazon. Remember that? And that covered air shipping. And now FedEx says it will not renew the, its ground delivery contract with Amazon. Remember, Amazon is trying to do it itself. It wants to deliver its own products. So uh, FedEx is kind of washing their hands of Amazon. So because now you got competition between the two. Amazon trying to compete in every aspect of, of, of economic activity in our country. They just are. Or not even just our country, all over the world. So so FedEx is pushing back. You're going to see that happen. That's okay. I mean, competition's healthy. This is the Vest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, just one, and that's to help you achieve financial freedom. And of course, we will continue with that help after this break with your questions. So get your questions in now, 888 99Chart.
0: On the next Invest Talk, the amount of global debt with negative yields has ballooned to $15 trillion. Will the U.S. get sucked into this global trend? That story tomorrow. But now, Steve Peasley is here. He's ready with answers, but he's waiting for your questions. Call
2: 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Terry in Palo Alto. How are you doing, Terry?
1: Good, Jerry, actually, but how are you?
2: I'm sorry. I'm good. Thank you for the call.
1: Good. Good, good. Hey, so it's AUI, Yamana Gold. I got in at 210 I've been selling slowly on the way up like every 30 cents I have a bit okay. left do I just be happy that I've done really well or do I do I sit and go for more
2: do you have do you have more or did you sell it all out
1: no I, I, I still have more
2: okay I would just sit for a while and enjoy the ride I, I if you're taking profits all along I, I think it, I think you need to let it run a little bit I think it's going to continue to run. It's yeah. not going to run in a straight line up like it's been going the you know, last few days, but and you might get some sideways action. Sideways action, but I think it's going to go. Yamada Gold, everybody, is AUI is a symbol. It's a three dollar fifty three cent stock. Canadian company engaged in mining exploration of gold and silver properties. Um, it, it makes money. Has made money for years. It's going to make six cents this year and eleven cents next year. So the other gold company we were talking about earlier was not. This company's made money almost every year, much more reliable. But uh, it, again, this is just moving up in the price of gold. Uh, I didn't think I think you did everything right, Terry, uh, Jerry. And selling on the way up, you could if you. It, if, it depends on how much you have. If you have more than, let's say, three percent of your portfolio, I probably would continue to sell it on the way up until I got to three percent. Then I would hold it. So it depends on how much you have and how much risk you want to take. Okay. Okay. So that, that's what Sounds I would good. do. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Thank you. A U I. Everybody. Yamada Gold. Okay. John Andrew Gray and Christmas did a study on bankruptcies this year. We've had forty-two thousand nine hundred thirty-seven bankruptcies this year. Doesn't that sound like a lot? These are all small companies, right? That is up forty percent from the year before. This is year to date forty-two thousand nine hundred thirty-seven. And that's the highest rate since 2009. Remember, our economy is doing good, right? So why do you have these high bankruptcies? Well, where do you think most of those bankruptcies are? What sector, what portion of our economy? It's in the retail sector. Closing of stores. So that we're at a pace that's higher than last year, okay, um, Last year, we had a total of 700 and uh, – what was it? So, the 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 biggest year we had was 2016, 1.6 million. So, we're thinking – you know, you're thinking of 42,937. Uh, it's a huge number. Well, it is. It's a big number, but not compared to – it's not that much out of line. It's just big. But. If you think about where it's occurring, the retail sector, well, then you could blame Amazon. You know, you know, you could blame the Internet. That's what's driving these physical stores out of business. People not going shopping like they used to at a physical stores. So it's a new way of doing business, and if you don't get on board with it, you're just going to die. And that's what these bankruptcies are telling us. And I don't think anybody should be worried about it. But there, it surprised me when I read the numbers because of the health of our economy. Surprised me that that many. So I looked in a little bit, and you know, we get that much many on a yearly basis. Not this year has been more than last year, but it's not like super out of line. You know, during the you know during the recessions, so it goes up, it gets over the million million bankruptcies a year during a recession. So, anyways. That, that that's, I thought was an interesting factoid. New research shows female doctors are more likely than male doctors to go to part-time or stop working early. And, you know, I was reading the paper and it acted kind of surprised that this happens. And I'm thinking, why would they be surprised about that? Who has the children? The women have the children. Of course, there's going to be more of them who want to stay home with their child than the males. Women, you you can't argue simple biology. (laughs) Oh, you can't. Women have the children, And they are, I don't care what you say, they are the much better nurturers than the, the males. They are. Probably going to get in trouble for that. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. Justin Klein will be here tomorrow, and I'll be back on Friday with highlights from the new KPP premium Newsletter I'll be writing on Friday early morning. Now, please tell your investor friends that I'll be returning to San Jose on August 29th, San Jose, August 29th. And, of course, I'll be in New York September 19th and 20th, so you can register now at InvestTalk.com to meet with me. Good night, everybody.
1: InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein, Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.